Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. Good evening. Welcome to Free For All Friday, people. This is Matthew West. Yeah, it is. Hopefully you can hear it. We'll go ahead and play this out. Cause I feel just like a lost car. You know, as people come in, yeah, you are. If I were you, You're here. I would have turned around and walked away. Ever feel like giving up on somebody? Me That's kind of what this is about. Cause I feel like I'm beyond repair. Oh, but somehow you don't see me like I do. Somehow you're still here. You're the God who stays. You're the God who stays. You're the one who runs in my direction. When the whole world walks away, you're the God who stands with wide open arms. Yeah, he does. If you tell me nothing I have ever done, to separate my heart from the God who stays. Yeah, he is. I used to Every time I thought I let you down, always thought I had to earn my uh, way. Yeah. But I'm learning you don't work that, that way. way. No, you don't. Cause somehow you don't see me like I do. Somehow you're still here. You're the God who stays. You're the God who stays. You're the one who runs in my direction. When the whole world walks away, you're the God who stands with a wide open arms. If you tell me nothing I have ever done, could separate my heart from the God who stays. That's right.
I get it. Amen, people? Yeah. All right. Hey, I want to read you this. It says Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 31. The Bible says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will, be, who will bring a charge against God elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as it is written, for your sake, we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And, you know, it's interesting because one of the things that stands out to me in this verse, you know, Romans 8 is very popular. Last week, we all read Romans 8 together, or at least that was the goal anyway. <laughs> this week, we've, we've read uh, the book of Ephesians together. But, you know, it's interesting. Listen to this. Paul, when he writes this in verse 35, he says, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, peril or sword? You know, it's interesting that famine is in there among all of these things. I mean, think about it. Right now, we're in a worldwide pandemic, right? We've been in this for a few months now, uh, and people are freaking out. I mean, people are freaking out about this. I mean, actually, I have quite a few friends that are actually okay, but I actually have a number of friends that are kind of freaking out. And you know, the interesting thing about this that I've noticed is that most of my friends who are freaking out are liberal. <laughs> I don't know why that is, uh, but they're, they're the ones freaking out the most. The conservatives tend not to be freaking out as much. Um, but I personally think it probably has more to do with how much somebody watches news and is constantly sitting there getting barraged by the facts that are being displayed all over the mainstream media. And it's sad. It's sad because you know what, you know, what's really sad to me the most is that people who bear the name of Christ, who, who confess that they're Christians are more concerned about the COVID-19 than they are the Lord. And yet here, Paul and God in his infinite wisdom, he even put it here in Romans 8 so that we could read this all these millennials later, you know, these hundreds and hundreds of years later, that famine will never separate us from the love of God. You know, in fact, and I, I've talked about this before, but I, I think that um, 
when when you live in a fear-based world you know that is trying to scare you and i mean just think about okay i just have to say this okay so this whole pandemic thing is based on something invisible we can't see it right let me ask you something okay can you see the flu no you can't you can see the symptoms of the flu but you can't see a flu virus when you get the flu so but the whole world didn't shut down because of the flu right um you know and i understand there's different things with this virus and all this i actually personally think this is a big stunt by the government to overtake and crash our economy so that we can implement the new world order and i know i'm not the only one that thinks this in fact yesterday I'll tell you about my day yesterday you might you might enjoy this so yesterday i got a phone call at 5:30 in the morning from the place my dad lives so i'm like asleep <laughs> one of the few days i sleep in they call me at 5.30 in the morning. Hey, we just want to let you know that your dad slipped out of his bed and kind of tapped his head and he's okay. But, you know, we might have to call hospice in to have him looked at and, and um, you know, and have them get, you know, to look at him to see if he needs to go to the hospital because, you know, he fell out of bed this morning. And by the way, we need you to come in, blah, 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 whatever. So as it turned out, yesterday morning, my husband and I had our blood drawn and some, you know, we, I still have my little, I don't know if you can see it. Randall's like, I can't believe you're still bruised, but you see that right there? That's my, where they took my blood because we're getting our life insurance updated. So don't know, don't freak out people. We've just had our life insurance for a long time. It's time to update it and they need you to take a test. So anyway, this girl shows up at our house. It's kind of funny, actually. She shows up with this mask on her face. <laughs> <laughs> if I was if I was writing a movie, I would be like, this would be an interesting scene. So I'm I'm woken up abruptly about my dad, and then this woman with a mask shows up to my house to take blood and urine from me. And so anyway, so we and we had been fasting. So um, so anyway, this girl comes in. She takes our stuff. She's here a half hour. And then right before she leaves, she takes off her mask. Doesn't look anything like I thought she did either. It's kind of funny, actually. Um, uh, but anyway, after that, I go up to my dad's assisted living. And and um, I'm talking to one of the the techs. I don't know. I don't know what her title is. I don't know if she was a nurse or RA. I don't know. I have no clue what her title is. But we ended up getting um, into this conversation about this whole coronavirus thing. And it's because clearly she lives there. She thinks everything that's going on in assisted living is bunk. Uh, most of the people I've talked to who work in assisted living think that's a bunch of baloney. That's not the word I really want to use, but they, they, a lot, everybody thinks it's a load of crap, basically that we're all being bought and sold and shoved down our throats and being controlled by, by the media. And anyway, as we're talking, this young lady who's young enough to be my daughter um um I said well I don't know what you believe spiritually but I'm not worried about this because I see this as a whole thing where they're trying to revamp the economy but not just our national economy our worldwide economy and she's like I agree with you 
and I'm not religious at all. I was raised in the church, and I'm not religious. I don't believe any of that stuff anymore or whatever. I said, really? And she's like, yeah. I go, okay, well, you know, I said, she goes, I believe it's the New World Order, and I'm a little bit concerned. I said, well, why would you be concerned if it's the New World Order, if you know where you're going when you die? You know, you don't have to worry about it. If, if we're all on our way out, if you're a believer in Christ, you don't even have to worry where you're going. You know what? I think I could talk to you a lot longer, she said. And I said, why don't you just tune into my show? And then you can listen to everything we have to say, and then you'll, you'll be better. You won't feel as stressed out, you know, because of what's going on. Meanwhile, I have friends who I absolutely love texting me. And I'm like, how come you're not at Pickleball? And they're like, well, because of this coronavirus, there's 10 million more cases here. Don't you watch the news? I'm like, no, I ain't watching the news. First of all, there's zero, there's no way we can validate what they're telling us as far as numbers go, right? And there's enough people out there who are in the medical profession who are actually trying to whistleblow, or shall we say report what's really going on on the inside that YouTube and all these other places are censoring, you know, Mr. Over There on Your Lap now, finally. Yes, finally. Yeah. Anyway, so so I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about how easily controlled everybody has been by this famine. It's an unseen enemy. And yet, who do you think is behind this unseen enemy, people? This is what I think. I think that God is allowing it as a judgment. Okay. I'm not saying God is the one judging, but I'm saying I think he is allowing this as a judgment because I think that he is trying to draw himself, draw people back to himself. And those people who are freaking out the most are the ones who are not abiding in Jesus the most. They're the ones who are more concerned with what's going on in the news and believing every other blather thing coming out of the media. And I'm like, I ain't watching that stuff. Well, you should watch it. Get informed. I'm like, I don't need to be informed. My world is perfectly fine the way it is. I'm not, I'm not going to become a hypochondriac or paranoid about getting some illness that all, most people are going to recover from if they get it. Uh, anyway, so, so I got this article. Did I give this to you? Study patients may experience delirium. That one? No. Or you have something different up there? I've got several things. That... Okay. Well, anyway... So, so yeah. So, anyway, that's what we're going to talk about. By the way, I should say hi to some people. Uh, I forgot my uh, my stand. So, I have to hold my phone here in front of me. So, I see Sean. Yeah, he is. Hi, Sean. I see Gina. Hi, Mama Gina. Hope you're feeling better. Hey, Mia, superhero paramedic. Yep. And Stephen Black. Hey, Stephen. Now, I know you think this is a load of baloney. Uh, don't you, bud? <laughs> Lori. Hey, Lori. Um, I don't know who else is out there. But if you are out there, please say hi. That way I can say hi back to you. Um, and pardon me for uh, looking down because I don't have my stand. And I'm trying to sit in such a way that my left shoulder and my neck are not in pain. Because they are in pain, actually. Just so you know. You guys can pray for my my thingy there. It's just... Uh, I don't know what I did, slept wrong, uh, or, or what, I don't know, but, um, it is, it is tough, but here's the thing, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, right, but a power, love, and a sound mind, 
And if you think about it, when Paul is writing about how no famine can separate us from the love of God, how many people have been focusing on the love of God through all this? Not that many. <laughs> Just so you know. Um, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> I saw that Stephen. Stephen says, yes, it's a load of and put a whole bunch of dots and lots of words fit it. Yeah, I know, right? Hey, by the way, Stephen, tell me, um, I saw a note about the, the, um, the conference that um, Restored Hope Network is doing. Can you, can you give me the dates for that? And I can share it with everybody because um, I, I want people to be able to go to that. I'm going to try to go if I can afford it uh, and all that. Hey, Panda. Yeah, there you are. All right. And I don't know if anybody else is on here on YouTube. Here we go. All right, so the other thing I want you guys to do is if you're not in my Daily Disciples group over on Facebook, you can um, go just look for Daily Disciples or contact me. I'd love for you to be in there because I've been trying to really interact in there almost every day, kind of to encourage you in the word and, um, you know, sharing some stuff. Today, I put in there a poll question and I'm going to, um, and I know this is kind of controversial, actually. Um, I'm waiting for my computer, which has been freezing up on me a lot. Um Today I put in a poll question and I want your guys' honest answer because I don't want to do, I don't want to invest my time in doing this if you guys really aren't interested in it. Um, and hold on a minute. My computer stopped freezing. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to go ahead and get into Daily Disciples. So here is my question I posted in the group. I put, I put, okay, here it is. If we were to do a private meeting on Zoom, where my guest, Stephen Wood, who shares the gospel through his magic card, card tricks and other stuff, would be our guest, and he would offer clean entertainment. Uh, would that be something that you would support if the cost was only $30 for 90 minutes? And that the proceeds from this show would go to support Bible News Radio, and of course, Stephen would get part of it because he's the one performing the, um, the entertainment. I want to know uh, if you would go to something like that. And here's why, because, um, Stephen is a Christian brother who uses magic to share the gospel. And he was on my show last week and he has lost all of his, his paying work as a result of this COVID-19 thing. He had all these gigs signed up to, to share the gospel through his magic, doing card tricks and stuff like that. And they all got canceled because of this COVID-19 thing. This is how he supports himself. That's what he does. This is, this is his job as an entertainer. Well, he came to me and Randall after our show last week, and he asked us if um, we would be interested in having him do a show for us so that we could raise money for Bible News Radio and our expenses for, Tug's, for Tug, our dog that we just lost. That We still owe $3,000 on his medical bills. Um, I thought it was a great idea. Because it's clean entertainment. It can be done on Zoom. Nobody's going to get contaminated or anything. What he's doing isn't of the devil. Um, and I'm just saying, <laughs> um, you know, I think it would be fun. It'd be like a fun night out on Zoom. Everybody, you can have as many people watching on your link as possible. So it's not $30 a person. It's $30 a ticket. He gets part of the proceeds. We would get part of the proceeds. Um, I... I uh, think it's a great idea, but I want to, I don't want to do it 
unless I know I have a good amount of you who would be willing to come to it and support it. It'd be a way to support us, but also a way to support Stephen, um, who, who really needs the support right now. I mean, we all do, but I mean, this is a guy who is not trying to mooch off the government and, and take money that he doesn't, you know what I mean? There, there are some people who actually want to work. I'm in a network, I'm in a Christian networking group with this guy. And I can tell you, he's got a great reputation. He's been doing this for a long time. Um, and uh, I think that, I think that what he's doing is kind of cool. So let me know if that is something that you'd be willing to support. Um, and then if it is, if I get at least 10 or 15 people who say, yeah, this would be good, then I will go ahead and schedule it with him. Then we can get it done and we can have a good night out together. Stephen can bless us with the gospel and his magic and, um, and all that. And here's the other thing too. He's also looking for other nonprofits who, who, who are interested in a family-friendly, you know, show that he can do. It would be the exact same thing. He would do it on Zoom, and then he would split the proceeds with that ministry um, that does it too. So if you know of any nonprofits that would be interested in doing that, I already hooked him up with three other people I can think of. Um, I don't know if they'll say yes or not, but at least I made the introduction. Um, then let them know. I mean, look, we're all in this together. Um, and I know for me, um, you know, our government has given employers certain ways that we can get money, like the, the PPP plate thing. Randall and I were going to do it. We decided not to do it. I have not filed for unemployment, you know, just by God's mercy. We haven't had to quite go that route yet. Um, we might, <laughs> depending on how long this takes, uh, you know, and all that. So just, you know, let us know. Okay. All right. And I think Stephen gave me the info here in a second here. Let's see here. Okay. So here is some other info. Uh, Hope 2.0. This is the Hope Restored Network, uh, which, which gives a platform to those who've left, who've left homosexuality and other associated behaviors with that. Um, it's going to be held June 12th and 13th and it will include live keynote addresses um i guess and other stuff too so hopefully uh is that uh, where, where is that at Stephen? is it is it the hope restored hope.org is that where they can find more info about that i should have you on just to talk about it that might be easier um but anyway that is another event that um people need to get to that i mean I know I can never go to them because I, it, it's too expensive to go to. When you're not making any money, it's hard to go to these things. But online, it's cheaper because you don't have to travel. You don't need a hotel, you know, um, and the cost is more effective. And the ex-gay community and those who help the ex-gay community are some of the most vilified and marginalized people in our media. Um, and they're the ones telling the truth, right? They're the ones saying that homosexuals, lesbians, you know, bisexuals, tra transgenders, um, all that, that community can change if they are introduced to the truth, you know, right? So anyway, let me, okay, my, did my phone freeze? Yeah, restoredhopenetwork.org, okay? So that's, that's where you can go for that too, um, you know, all that. So if you guys are interested in that, I would highly encourage you to check that out. Um, 
And I also just want to say thank you to all those of you who, who support the show um, and all that. I am in the process of making some neck warmers. You know, I showed showed one of those last week. I'm going to be making some this week. Um, if you're interested in ordering one, get in touch with me. I can tell you how much it will be. And then that that will also be a way that you can support our show too because, you know, you get something handmade by me and it will help your neck, you know, and all that. And it's kind of, it's kind of fun. It's a fun thing. All right. So let's see here. We got anything else in here? Okay, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Randall, I know that you have. That's me. Um, don't you have stuff to share? I do. Okay. You know, I was looking at several articles related to fear and basically how, uh, you know, fear is spreading faster than the virus itself. Yeah, and that's because so many people are turning into the fear mongering media. But. I thought this article was interesting because I've seen uh, different posts related to Sweden and how they're not reacting the same as far as shutting things down, that sort of thing. Yeah, I heard about that, actually. Yeah, and um, this article from Forbes I thought was interesting, and it's short, so I'm just going to read it. Okay, cool. And I'm going to, I guess, since you're doing whatever, I'm just going to take you off and just put the article up. So David says, we're watching on our TV. Do it doesn't show you we're watching, huh? The magic is not evil. $3,000 on a dog. Put him to sleep. The dog is asleep. We lost him earlier this month, David. Um, so that is part of the sadness of it is that we love our animals. We took care of them the way God said. And um, unfortunately, he did, um, he did die. And we're thinking that so. surgery was, there's a turning point after that, that that just... I mean, he was 14 and a half at the time. And I think just that last surgery, anesthesia and all that was just... Too much for our little too guy. Too much for him. and You know, in retrospect, you know, but, you know, you can't predict the future. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, go yeah. on and, and talk yeah. about the, the thing. All right, let's talk about this uh, story from Forbes. Or, or just read it, not talk. We can read it, then talk about it. Okay. Um, why is coronavirus fear so low in Sweden? Says, uh, coronavirus fear is lowest in Sweden, according to a new YouGov poll of 26 nations around the world. To be specific, only 31% of Swedes say they are very or somewhat scared that they will contract COVID-19. This is in stark contrast to other nations where the fear is viewed virtually ubiquitous. Malaysia tops the list of fear-ridden countries with 90% of its population, indicating they are afraid of contracting the disease. Other countries expressing elevated levels of fear are Vietnam, 89%, Indonesia, 85%, Thailand, 82%, and Philippines, 80%. Why is Sweden an outlier in this regard? One might assume that it has to do with, uh, it has to do a, they missed a with, so I'm going to insert it. One, while one might assume that it has to do with a lower risk factor, uh, this conclusion is not supported by the data. Sweden ranks fifth out of 26 countries measured by YouGov in terms of coronavirus capitas, coronavirus deaths per capita. Boy, maybe we should just talk about it instead of trying to read it. Anyway, the top ten are Italy. Um, you know, that's that's. Um, 
it's where anyway about the deaths per capita is point zero two zero seven percent uh current death rate is percentage of population spain is at point uh, zero one nine three france at point zero zero five three u k point zero zero two seven sweden point zero zero two four denmark so on and down to finland where coronavirus deaths per capita are point zero 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 three percent anyway What's even more puzzling is that only two of the countries on this list, Italy and France, rank in the top 10 on the measure of coronavirus fear. In other words, the reality of the threat is not the only or even the most important factor shaping people's assessment of the risk posed by COVID-19. Psychologists won't find this surprising, as, is, as it has long been known that threat perceptions don't always match up to reality, especially in cases where the odds of the threat are exponentially low or high. So what is shaping people's fear of COVID-19? That's difficult to say, but Sweden's contrarian approach to handling the pandemic might offer an answer. According to a recent WSJ article, Sweden's government has adopted a business-as-usual mentality in response to the pandemic. Schools, restaurants, malls, and ski slopes all remain open until further notice. The only rules in place are a ban on gatherings of more than 50 people and an order forcing restaurants and bars to seek all customers to avoid overcrowding. This suggests that people are taking their fear cues from their government more than they are from the actual risk of the disease. The country of Malaysia lends additional support to this hypothesis. As mentioned, Malaysians are more worried about COVID-19 than perhaps anywhere anyone else in the world. Remember, 90% of the people are afraid they're going to catch it. And so, however, there have only been 45 confirmed deaths. That's a vanishingly small proportion, given that that country has over 31 million people. How has the Malaysian government responded to the COVID-19 threat? Aggressively, to say the least. A recent CNN article reported the following measures taken by the Malaysian Prime Minister, Tan Sri Muhyiddin Yassin. An aggressive travel ban, a ban on all religious, sports, social, and cultural activities, a ban on non-essential businesses, excluding supermarkets, wet markets, grocery shops, and convenience stores, so that's it. Places where you can shop. Everything else is shut down in Malaysia. A temporary closure of all educational institutions. Vietnam is a more, even more extreme example of the threat observed mismatch between COVID-19 fear versus actual threat. Uh, while there have been no confirmed COVID-19 deaths in Vietnam so far, an overwhelming majority of the population, 89% to be exact, is afraid of contracting the disease. Not surprisingly, the Vietnamese government has also acted aggressively to stop the spread of the virus, instituting a nationwide lockdown and limiting gatherings to no more than two people. So, in terms of managing COVID-19 fear, Sweden is doing an outstanding job. Time will tell whether the country's health outcomes will follow suit. But, there you go. Um... You know, where the government's response to is not just protecting people's health, but where the government's actions are more aggressive, the fear is higher. As much as 
in, in Malaysia where there have been only 45 deaths, still 90% of the people in like a total lockdown except for food stores, 90% of the people are afraid they're going to get it. And, you know, and then we see the disparities. Disparities, disparities between infection rates and deaths and and fear, but where governments have enacted the most aggressive shutdown policies, the fear is the highest. Sweden, they're like, hey, business as usual. And I've seen reports that actually reporting, uh, you know, where it's actually you know flattening the curve, not because of a sheltering place, but because of herd immunity. The more exposure to it. That is right, people. The herd immunity people. That's why we should play more people at pickleball. And we should all touch the ball, people. Spit on it and throw it to each other. (laughs) It's ridiculous. I I think I already shared this, but was was it earlier this week or last week? I can't remember. I was going into Walmart and there was another lady in Walmart. We were walking in together. Complete strangers. We didn't have a mask on. Not because I hate my neighbor, but because I'm not sick. That's right, why I don't wear a mask. And it's it's not going to help and, you from getting it to wear a mask. Yeah, and her and I were talking, and we you know we got our carts together. We started talking. She told me she was a nurse, and she said she thought this was a load of BS. That there's really nothing in the hospitals. That that there's a big issue, and her big concern is that this is actually going to make more people sick because of what we're doing. Because right. we're decreasing our immunity, and I understand. People like Mia and my friend Kim, they, they're emergency people. They work in the hospital. They see it. They've had it. You know, some of them have. I don't know how much of them have had it. But my point is, is that, yeah, it's horrible, but this is overreaction to the nth degree. And which leads me to this story I want to share over on the Christian Post. Well, if you got in Vietnam where you're uh, limiting gatherings to no more than two people, I mean, how how bad is that for the human psyche to never meet with more than one person at a time? Yeah. Well, okay. So I don't know what what. Uh, there's two articles I want to share. I'm going to share this one, and in, in the meantime, I'll send this one to you, Randall, that you can read. You can put this one up. Let me go ahead and send it to you right now, and then I will just read the other one because it's shorter. You don't have to put it up. So. This is over on the Christian Post, and it's titled, President Trump warns of broken America if churches aren't reopened. Okay, so I don't know if your church is like mine. Our church decided last week to do a drive-in church service, which I think is silly personally, but whatever. Everybody can do whatever they want. Um, So, and I asked one of my friends who went to it, I said, how did it go? And they reported to me that there was quite a few people that were there. But one of the things that happened that our pastor apparently rebuked some people for was people wouldn't stay away from one another. (laughs) They were like, hey, and they wanted to go and hug each other and stuff like that. And apparently our pastor, this is hearsay, just so you know, but apparently my pastor was like trying to warn everybody, don't be doing that. You know, we might have to be careful when we actually open up because are you going to be able to restrain yourself from hugging people? I don't care. Hug me. I don't care. But anyway, so listen to this. I think his fear was being somebody reporting and being shut down. Sure. Well, I don't know. But anyway, this article on the Christian Post says President Donald Trump says he wants churches to reopen as quickly as possible. I'll be so glad when I get my new glasses, you guys. 
Oh my gosh. I'm making the print really big so I can read it just so you know. Anyway, President Donald Trump says he wants churches to reopen as quickly as possible as they are so important to the psyche. He believes if they remain closed in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic, you'll break the country. We want them, churches, to reopen. I mean, literally, I just got off the phone with the CDC and I talked about churches. I said, I want the churches to open and the people want the churches to open. And I think you'll have something come down very soon from the CDC. We want to get our churches back and our country is coming back. Trump told reporters during a roundtable meeting of African-American leaders in Michigan Thursday. He said, while statewide shutdowns, which began in March, help prevent up to two and a half million people from dying. It's time for our country to open again. I think, I think you'll start with churches. I think you'll start with some other states that have been very resistant. You have a lot of, unfortunately, in this case, Democrat governors. I think they think it's good politics to keep it closed. But what are they doing? They're hurting themselves. I don't think it's good politics. They're hurting themselves. They are hurting their state, and it's not good, Trump said. Just as an addendum, I have some friends in California that are freaking out because California is rumored to be closed for another three months. And I have friends that I do business with in California who are about ready to jump out of their skin because they are so sick and tired of being at home. They can't do their work. They're not making sales. They're they're stressed out because their families are stressed out and all that. Um, and anyway... But anyway, so this article goes on to say, I think that they are being forced to open, frankly. The people want to get out. You'll break the country if you don't. And I think they'll look at it as a possible November question. It's not a November question. It happens to be very bad for them, he added, alluding to the upcoming general election, referring to the Democrats, people. When asked if he was prioritizing the reopening of churches over other establishments, Trump explained that he believes the work of the church is, quote, essential, unquote. By the way, mini rant on the side here. It personally drives me crazy that people have been deemed essential. Like, you know, the the doctors are essential. The Life insurance agents are essential. You know, the Walmart workers are essential. You know what? In God's economy, everybody is important and essential. So this BS language. And this this is the other thing. It just drives me crazy. It's like, well, now, social distancing. Essential. COVID-19. Pandemic. Fear. Terror. I mean, come on, people. Let's just stop using the language of the people that are trying to tell us how to use the language and just think for yourself, you know? Everybody is a human being. We all have a place in this world. We all have jobs. We all have, you know, families. Everybody's essential. Everybody needs stinking toilet paper, people. Just so you know. Um, to co-opt the dang language and and the stupidity, and I will say this because I know I am not the only one how many of you, when you go into a store and you see the, the I'm going to not swear, but <laughs> you see the tape on the floor with the arrows and what way you can go, you're like... Tape, they've got nicely printed signs now. Yeah, but you're Professionally like... Professionally printed graphics to direct. But you're like, seriously, I am not going to go down Publix in one way 
and go over there. I actually had some woman tell me I was going the wrong way in Walmart. And I'm like, really? Arrest me. Wait, here's my handcuffs. Quick, get the cops after me. I mean, this is completely insane. Well, the... The the, the the supermarkets are doing what they're told to do. <sighs> it, it, oh, yeah, yeah, it the, doesn't... The do not enter signs, too. And just going in one way and out one way, it's, that's it's, just stupid. It, it It is, but, you know... Yeah. It's it, For them, it's, it's do that or shut the doors. Shut the door, keep out the devil. So, so they do what they do. You know, the, the patrons going inside, I mean, you can't get arrested for it if you don't do it. And they may or may not throw you out, but See, yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I really don't think it's well. You know, Stephen said the word obey, and that's like, exactly what it's about. This is about how easy they can control you and make you obey. And uh, you know, yeah, some you of don't us have are like, to. yeah. Well, some of us are like, I don't think so. You know what? Whenever I go in the store, I'm not going to walk the way that they're telling me to walk in a store. I'm sorry. This walk is America, this way. where I have constitutional freedom. And that's what they're trying to take away. They're trying to take away our freedom, people. And don't be deceived into thinking that that's not it. But anyway, let me get back to freedom this article. Freedom is the right okay. to choose. Mini the right to over. create for oneself the alternatives of choice. Anyway. All right. As you were. Back to my fluffy-haired commentary. Uh. Okay. Anyway, it says this. Churches, to me, they are so important in terms of the psyche of our country. Beyond, to me, I think they are... They use the word essential. Churches are essential. People want to be in their churches. It's wonderful to sit home and watch something on a laptop, but it can never be the same as being in a church and being with your friends, he said. They want to have it opened, and I think that it's going to be happening very shortly, very, very shortly, so that the CDC guidelines will be put out maybe tomorrow, maybe today. A senior White House official told NBC News that guidelines for the reopening of places of worship have been cleared by the White House's council office, and they include recommendations such as wearing gloves while distributing Holy Communion, social distancing, and holding virtual services as a last resort. While the majority of churches nationwide followed orders to suspend in-person worship services as the coronavirus pandemic has killed more than 90,000 people and affected more than 1.6 million in the U.S., a vocal minority of churches have challenged the orders as First Amendment violations. Some churches, even though they complied with state orders and reopened when they were told it was safe to do so, have been forced to shut down again as they registered cases of coronavirus infections in their con congregations. Well, that I can understand if they have some of those people in there. I get that, but... Um, <laughs> It's like, do you not people understand, do you guys not understand that the church has more authority than the government? Hear me out, people. The church has more authority than the government. Okay? If, if it comes to breaking a law that's ungodly, we are like Peter and Paul and all those guys that declared we must obey God rather than man, right? Yes, Romans 13 says that government was placed, government was created to protect people who do good, right? And to punish people who do bad. I'm paraphrasing, but you guys can go read Romans 13, okay? It does not mean that we have to subject ourselves to wicked laws by the government. 
you know, if it, read the book of Daniel. I love this book. In fact, I might read it over the weekend because it's such a good book. So Daniel, uh, Meshach, what's the other guy's name? Radshak. I forgot <laughs> it. <laughs> oh my gosh, my brain's going. Okay, what? Abednego. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And what are their other names? They're Mish Babylonian names. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Shadrach, Shadrach Meshach, <laughs> and Abednego. Okay, anyway, those three <laughs> and Daniel were... We say Daniel, why don't we say Belteshazzar? Okay, whatever. Anyway, <sighs> the point is, is that they... They were put into a culture that they didn't agree with, and they asked for permission to be able to obey the laws that they believed in under God, right? This is a loose paraphrase. <laughs> anyway, long story short, they ended up being thrown in a fiery furnace and some other stuff. But Daniel, um, they literally wrote laws so because he prayed. Right? Daniel prayed. It specifically lays out. Or am I thinking something else? I'm in, I think I'm. this is the right story. Right, Steve? I think I'm, <laughs> it's been a long day. Anyway, the point is, it specifically says that they wrote laws in order to stop Daniel from worshiping his God the way that he was supposed to. They specifically targeted the religious folk. Right? We have that as an example for us. So that, you know, so what Daniel do? He prayed anyway. You know what? He went out. He did it boldly in his window is what it said. He went out. He did it. And they knew he was doing it. And as a result, he suffered punishment. But God protected him because God is good. And Daniel said, even if I should perish, you know, I'm still going to worship my God. It doesn't mean God isn't real. But God delivered him, right? It's the same thing here. We have the same choice, Right. We are not of this world if we are believers. We're in the world, but not of it. Doesn't mean we disobey our government per se, but what it means is you use some stinking common sense and trust God, you know? So like if you want to go to Walmart and walk, walk the wrong way on, on, on the floor, go ahead. What are they going to do to you? Arrest you? Oh my gosh, what's you, what you, you know, since when is there a ticket? You know, I mean... <laughs> you're getting a ticket yeah you are because you went the wrong way yeah you did and you walked too fast you violated the walking speed limit on top of it mm -hmm. and you're wearing a christian t-shirt too which means you get a double penalty and we're gonna send you to jail yeah we are i'm partially kidding but at the same time it's like mm, have a mind of your own people you know I, I have friends who I love, I love to pieces, and we're of the same mind. And it's like, you know, one of my friends today, Randall, and I went to play pickleball this morning. And she she went and asked Randall if she could give him a hug because the tuggy bear. She was trying to express her condolences, you know, because his dog died, right? And she has a, a dog, and she loves animals. And, and my husband's like, oh, yeah, sure, of course. But then there would be other people who are like, no. It says, don't touch. Yeah. Anyway. 
All right. Yeah, just, you know, you mentioned Romans 13, and oh, we're supposed to be, you know, we're supposed to uh, submit to authority. Yes, we are, but you again, context is, is everything. And, um, where's looking? Yeah. Pick, picking up uh, verse, verse, verse four. Um, and yeah, I'm taking it out of context, but it's kind of the, the crux, if you will, is that it says, for he, speaking the one in authority, is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. So that's the design of God and authority. You know, instituting authority is to, uh, you know, execute wrath upon those who do evil. That's the assignment of God to authority. Um, and so, you know, the, the office of whatever it is, the... That sounds like thunder. Loud or thunder. An explosion. If all of a sudden <laughs> we go dark, it's because the rain started. Um, anyway, slightly distracted there. Okay, so... I have you know, chicken if, in if, my teeth. If, you see me moving, it's because I got some chicken in my teeth, people. And I mean, I'm trying not to I'm, go like... I mean, you can look at God's design for marriage, you know, I, throughout Scripture. Especially Ephesians chapter 5 is a great uh, sort of instruction manual or a description of God's design of marriage. But in Christ of the church, does that mean every marriage is perfect and lives that out? No. No. But it doesn't that doesn't nullify the institution of marriage because people don't carry out their duties is you know the husband doesn't love his wife or the wife doesn't respect her husband that doesn't make marriage the institution of marriage invalid it means those people aren't doing what God has designed for that institution and the same with authority God has established all authority as to to execute wrath upon those who do evil. But if some come along in that office that are executing wrath on people doing good and doing what is right, we don't still blindly obey them. You know, as Peter and John brought up, we must obey God rather than men. Or, or Daniel continuing to pray, even though the law said, because in that case, they weren't fulfilling the design of God for authority and, and executing wrath upon evildoers. They were executing wrath upon do-gooders, you know, mm -hmm. people doing right. on the righteous, and so. Well, our show's almost over, but I wow, I guess I, it I is. Wanna, I want to cover this one last story. Please do. And the reason why is because this this is a very near and dear to to my heart issue because my dad is almost ninety two. He lives in assisted living. I cannot be there to protect him, which really is very annoying to me. Um, and this was over um, on PJ Media pajamas media for for long um it's titled and this was posted yesterday nursing home abuser arrested after posting viral video of horrific crime we're not going to watch the video because i seriously don't want to watch it but it says here at a time when our elderly people are isolated in nursing homes without the protection of family visitors they face increased risk of abuse as illustrated by a viral vi video showing exactly that a 20-year-old man was arrested by Detroit police on Thursday after a video of him beating a nursing home patient went viral. 
According to the police, the assault occurred at Westwood Nursing Center on the city's northwest side. The Detroit News reported a video has been posted on social media and shared several times by concerned citizens of an incident that allegedly occurred on May 15th. Police said both the 75-year-old male victim and the suspect are patients at the nursing home located in the 16500 block of Schaefer. The victim was taken to a local hospital where he was treated for his non-life-threatening injuries, police said. The suspect was taken into custody at the nursing home and transported to the Detroit Detention Center without incident. Detroit Police is still investigating uh, Ann Arbor Police Department and the Washtenaw County Sheriff's Office helped in the case. And then it says here, James Wood shared the video with his followers and is questioning why the name of the alleged attacker has not been released with any information about who he is or his status as a citizen. It is unusual for police not to release the name of someone who is arrested and charged with a crime. Uh, and then it says here, nursing home abuse is on the rise. An elder advocacy group in Canada is reporting that the Chinese coronavirus... <gasps> Can you believe they said Racist. Anyway. Out of Canada, of all places. Pandemic has led to a tenfold increase in elder abuse in nursing homes. The CEO of CanAge, a national seniors advocacy group, says the phones are ringing off the hook with calls from people concerned about seniors and from older people themselves. On a usual day, one in five older Canadians are subject to elder abuse. We are seeing a tenfold increase in elder abuse across the community. Seniors who are at their greatest risk of contracting COVID-19 are now also at risk of neglect and abuse because families have been kept away for such an extended period of time and are not allowed to visit their elderly relatives in nursing homes. This is just one more terrible consequence of the lockdown that continues to go on with no end in sight in many places and very few answers from those in charge. And what I can tell you, having being in this situation myself, having to deal with this, it is infuriating that they are treating the elderly like they are in prison, right? They are literally treat, and this is the government, right? I understand these nursing homes and assisted livings are like the grocery stores are, you know, they're trying to so-called protect everybody. Um, Following what government agencies are telling yeah, them to do. Yeah. But, but I can tell you as, a caregiver and a daughter to the only person that my dad gets, you know, I'm the only visitor my dad gets. Okay. And my dad has not been able to see me in almost three months. Right. Except on video. And he, he is declining rapidly. And I was telling somebody earlier today, I think my dad will be dead within the year if they continue this. I just do because it's, it's the, it is, uh, even though he is physically strong, emotionally, he is completely declining. I mean, this I've never known my dad in the five, five and a half years I've known him to not know his birthday. And the other day, he didn't know his birthday. He didn't know the year he was born, which says a lot because this is a guy who's 91 who's always known his birthday. Um, he didn't know that I had seen him two days prior. He thought it was a week ago. Um, he... Uh, you know, he's lost a lot of weight. I could see his weight loss just from, you know, what little I can see of him. I know he's lost weight. You know, he's depressed. Um, you know, and, and this is evil, in my opinion. 
completely evil. And, and then here's the other thing. The people that work in these things, I have a lot of compassion on them, but I also get very annoyed with some of them because um, I know that they're doing the best that they can. They're all frustrated. They know that this isn't healthy for the residents. Um, and, you know, people are mad because they got, they're taking it out on them because who else do you deal with? You know, I mean, they're just doing what the government is. So, you know, so it's frustrating. So what I will say is, you know, pray for me. If you don't mind praying for my dad, his name's Clayton. Um, and pray for, you know, if you know people in assisted living, um, it is, well, here's the thing. I've talked to the attorneys at Legal Shield, and what I can tell you is that unless I can prove that there's some type of neglect and I have evidence to prove it, then I can file a report with, you know, the proper authorities. The problem, Sean, is that I can't go in and see, so I can't get any proof. So my hands are actually tied, which makes it infuriating to me because my hands are tied. So I have to just maintain the good relationship that I have with the people there that I can communicate with. I know it's, it got dark all of a sudden. <laughs> got quite dark, actually. I think we're about ready to have a big storm here, just so you know. Um, so anyway, so that's the thing. Unless somebody like me goes in and, and ballistic. Actually, I walked into the facility yesterday. Did I tell you that, Randall? When I got there in the morning, yes. I poked in the, the code because I know what it is to get in. And I walked right in. Oh, you didn't they, tell me that part. Oh, yeah. I, I know the But code you got stopped in the vestibule there, right? The the interim thing? Or no? no, I actually went inside the, okay. the actual building. All right. And I, I could have went down to my dad's room because there's very few people there. But I respected the fact that I should have stayed there. But I let myself in. I know the code to get in the building. My point is, it, you know, is that my dad doesn't know what's going on. And if he's watching the news and he's got dementia, he can't remember things from like yesterday, but he can 100 years ago, you know. And it's not just my dad. It's everybody. Yeah. And the assisted living people, they and, know it. They see the decline. And, yeah, and they'll can conflate things. He sees in the news with other things and without without regular visits you know yeah and as i wrote on my facebook group my my dad was exposed his hospice worker was actually exposed to to the covid 19 virus they didn't bother telling me that though i pulled it out of them but i don't know that my dad was i just think that the hospice nurse was exposed to somebody who was tested positive so they isolated her okay here it comes yeah uh, you see how dark it got all of a sudden yeah, I hope it's not another one of these uh, rotational kind of storms. Yeah, let's not think that. Okay. Okay, anyway, so just, you know, we just need to pray and, you know, and don't get suckered into watching the media and, and eating a diet of the fear-mongering media. That's all they're doing, people, you know. And uh, tomorrow, I think we're having a show tomorrow, right? Yeah, I guess so. I want to make sure I don't have a guest tomorrow. Yeah, I don't. Okay, so we should be back tomorrow. Can you guys hear the rain on our house now? I was wondering if I could show them, but... Yeah. Can you hear it? It just all got super loud. <laughs> Are you going to try to show it? Yeah, uh, the cord's only so long. 
Oh, Randall's going to try to show you the storm, people. He's pulling up the window blinds. Wow. We are not in California anymore. Oh, wait, there's the lightning. I just saw that. <laughs> oh, Randall hasn't put it over there. Yeah, see that? That's the water. Let's just watch the the window. See the window, how it's all wet all of a sudden? Yeah, it is. All right, well, anyway, um, you know, pray for us. Um, if you want to donate to the show, you know, we could use the support right now more than ever because, you know, we no longer have a sponsor. Anything you, you can give to support us is good. And, um, you know, just keep praying for, um, you know, the Lord to return and for good to over triumph over evil. Right? I mean, seriously, that's ultimately what we got to do. Go into my daily disciples group. Watch the stuff I post in there. I'm trying to be encouraging. Trying operative word. <laughs> and, um, and we'll be back later tomorrow, I think. Lord willing. All right, so I guess we should go uh, log off. That's what we're going to do. All right, people. I care about you guys. I hope you have a good good uh, rest of your night. Be safe. Use your hand sanitizer. Put a mask on if you need to. If you're sick. Take your vitamin C, you know, vitamins. Build your immunity up. And trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your steps. And as I always say, be bold, people. Stand up. Yes, stand up, people. And go with God.